Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. Here's a joke. Uh, Descartes walks into a bar. Descartes the philosopher. And the bartender looks at him and says, Descartes, hey, how's it going? Can I get you a beer? And Descartes says, I think not. And then he disappears. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. I'm Rico Galliano. And from 89.3 KPCC in Los Angeles, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that gives you talking points and bon mots to help you win your next dinner party. This week's icebreaker came from Abigail Chapin of indie folk trio The Chapin Sisters. Thanks, Abigail. And later on, we'll be talking with our guest of honor, Robert Wagner. Yes, that Robert Wagner. But first, as with any dinner party, we start off with small talk. You're going to be talking about the week's news at this weekend's party. Who better to tell you which news is worth bringing up than the people who report it? So we took a long walk past several cubicles to talk to our colleagues over at Public Radio's business show, Marketplace. Renita Jablonski, Marketplace producer and sometimes host of The Morning Report. What is the story you are going to be talking about at your dinner party this weekend? Well, I got to bust out one of my favorite headlines I've seen on Forbes.com. It said something like, you know, while things might be topsy-turvy in the financial markets, it's still a bull market in the boneyard. What the hell does that mean? Well, they just came out with their list of the top-earning dead celebrities. Oh. Elvis is number one. Albert Einstein is number four. This baby Einstein toy franchise with the videos and stuff have brought in like $18 million. Does Einstein's family get a piece of the baby Einstein fortune? Well, the majority of this uh, stuff is owned by Disney, but hey, it's all relative. I'm going to kill you. I had to. I had to. Betsy Streisand, senior editor, what are you going to be talking about at the many dinner parties you're going to be attending this weekend? I got an email this week from uh, the California Nurses Association, which had actually posted a uh, press release about Sarah Palin. It's a new game about Sarah, Sarah Palin called Neiman Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me more. It's how, how if you spent the 150 grand that Sarah Palin or the RNC spent on Sarah Palin's wardrobe, how that could go to better causes. Oh, I had no idea that the California nurses were so militant were clever enough to come up with that headline. Kai Rizdahl, host of Marketplace. What's the one story you're going to be talking about? Well, we have four kids uh, now. We just finished an adoption from China, and we have a three-bedroom house, which means we have two kids in each of the two guest bedrooms, uh, which means we need a new house. I'm going to be talking about mortgage rates and why, despite the Federal Reserve uh, cutting interest rates, 30-year mortgage rates jumped almost half a percent this week, which, if you need to borrow, gee, I don't know, $729,000 for a house is kind of a big problem. All I can picture is the four little Rizdahl kids sitting across from you at the table saying, Dad, what are you talking about? <laughs> and now, time for cocktails. Once again, we tell you something that happened this week in history and then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's our world-famous history lesson with booze. First, the history. This week marks the 70th anniversary of Orson Welles' famously realistic radio production of The War of the Worlds. Now, most folks at your dinner party will know that the fake newscast sparked a panic. Eve Tro tells us a few things they won't know. When Americans fired up their radios on October 30th, 1938, lots of them heard this. I'm speaking from the roof of Broadcasting Building, New York City. The bells you hear are ringing to warn the people to evacuate the city as the Martians approach. What they missed was this. You are listening to a CBS presentation of Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the Air, 
in an original dramatization of The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. That's one of only three little disclaimers telling folks they were listening to a play, not an actual Martian invasion. The music was directed by Bernard Herrmann, by the way. He'd later compose the music for Psycho. Which is how a bunch of listeners behave that night. Thousands called local cops in fear. And the village of Concrete, Washington got especially creeped out. Right when the radio Martians began, quote, invading small rural towns, Concrete had a real-life blackout. Some residents fled to the hills. Newspapers printed more than 12,000 articles about the panic. They said millions of listeners had been duped. But was it really that many? Some historians say there's little evidence of really mass panic. In fact, newspapers may have blown the whole thing out of proportion, just to slander their new competitor, radio. Anyway, there's no doubt some folks were fooled. Three years later, radio stations announced a real attack on Pearl Harbor, and lots of listeners called in to be sure they weren't being played for suckers again. That was the history lesson. Now it's time for the booze. To get a cocktail, I'm speaking to Chris Canavari. He is the bartender at Layers, a restaurant in Princeton, New Jersey, right near Grover's Mill, the town where the Martians supposedly landed. So, Chris, when you hear the story, what cocktail does it make you think of? Well, I've been thinking of a few things, like a Martian teeny with like a marshmallow liqueur. Yeah, yeah. And the vodka, of course. You know, you got to have the vodka. But kind of reminds me of this other hoax we have here in Jersey. It's called the Jersey Devil. A half-devil, half-horse that roams through the Pine Barrens in South Jersey that's been seen once in a while. Have you ever seen it yourself? No, I haven't, but uh, coming back from Atlantic City, I've heard he's been seen. All right. And that maybe that's an excuse for your wife. If people have been gambling, they say that the Jersey Devil ripped him off. Why not? But I have a drink I can make for you, the Jersey Devil. All right, tell me about it. All right, first you start with a little vodka, ounce and a half, uh-huh. an ounce and a half of slow gin. One ounce of amaretto, topped with orange juice, and shake, and that'll be a wonderful drink. And so is it red like the Jersey Devil? Oh, it's red, bright red. But my question is, if you drink a lot of these drinks, would the Jersey Devil appear to you? Oh, I haven't heard about that yet. (laughs) Rico, the best thing about this drink. We get to play this song afterwards. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) David Lee Roth sounds like Kermit the Frog on meth. Our guest of honor this week is Robert Wagner, a man whose list of credits, thanks for the drum roll, a man whose list of credits is way too long to get through in a 10-minute show, but suffice to say, he has a new memoir out called Pieces of My Heart, in which he talks about starring in the classic film noir, Kiss Before Dying, uh, the classic 80s detective show, Heart to Heart, and uh, the part I'm most jealous about, you co-starred in the Pink Panther movies. I was in the original Pink Panther. And the interesting thing about the Panther is Blake Edwards always wanted to have Peter Sellers. And the studio wanted to have Peter Ustinov. He got the script and he said, you know, there's a lot of improvisation. and I don't know whether it's really right for me. Blake said, I don't think it is either. And Peter Sellers came in. And to see Blake and Peter have that character evolve, that was one of the most exciting experiences I've ever had. I like the fact that you get to say Peter referring to Peter Sellers. Yes. What is it like to live a life where you can refer to Peter Sellers by his first name? Do you know the one that people say to me all the time? They say, did you call Laurence Olivier Larry? 
say yes because he didn't like to be called Lord and Sir Lawrence Olivier and all that. That he put that all away, you know. See, if I was, if I had a title, I would demand that people use it all the time. Absolutely. If I was a, a Lord, I'd have them call me Lord R.J. or something, you know. Lord Wagner. Lord, exactly. Lord Wagner. Your liege, you know that kind of thing. Well, my liege, we always ask two questions on the show. The first is, and this is, I'm very excited to ask you because you've been interviewed, I'm guessing, between twelve and 18,000 times. What is the question that you are most tired of being asked? Do you know, I'm getting tired of being asked about politics. What, what do they hope to gain from you about politics? You want me to make some kind of a statement of who I'm for, what do I think? And I, I, just, I just get bored with that. You know, I just uh, I get bored with the same rhetoric. It's the same rhetoric all the time anyway. So well, Let me ask you this. I don't know, normally ask this. What, what's the question you wish people would ask you that they don't? Is there something that you've always been desperate to talk about that no one's ever asked you to talk about? They don't realize sometimes what I really like. You know, I had a ranch and I was raising cattle. and This is when? About 15 years ago, I was raising these Brahma cows, and they're wonderful, wonderful creatures. You'd see them walking along, and they'd stop, and they'd have a calf. And in 30 seconds, this calf is up on its four legs and walking along. I mean, it's miraculous, you know, wonderful, wonderful thing to be around. And I, I happen to like the way that they smell. I love the smell of cattle, so I'm, I'm hooked, you know. Well, our second question is usually tell us something about yourself that no one at our dinner party is going to know, but I think you just did. Thanks. You're welcome. Robert Wagner. Who knew? We did. You can find out more about what we know at our website, dinnerpartydownload.com. So we've met our guest of honor. That brings us to the main course, the part of the show where we learn about food. Rico, you know I've had a vendetta against the cupcake for a long time. It's true. You're vicious. You spray (laughs) them with lead. The trend is played out. I think it should die. But you don't have to crush all of my cupcakes. Look, I just crushed the cupcakes you bring from Sprinkles in these overpriced <laughs> cupcake shops. The problem is, no one agrees with me on this, and I thought I found a fellow traveler in Sarah Spearing. She's a baker who makes these donut masterpieces that everyone in San Francisco is talking about. So donuts is going to be the thing that you use to, to wipe cupcakes off the face of the earth. I think donuts are going to replace cupcakes as the bougie finger food of choice. So I went to Sarah's little donut kiosk the other Sunday to recruit her in my cause. Well, I don't think the cupcake's ever going to die. Why? I think there's great cupcakes and there's mediocre cupcakes and there's great donuts and there's mediocre donuts. You sound more like a politician than a baker. (laughs) It's fine, but your donuts here aren't your typical donuts. And so could you uh, share with us the roster? We have a apple bacon maple glazed donut. I think that donut has the potential to heal wounds in America. But tell what else do you have? We have lemon pistachio. We have a lemon thyme. We have ginger orange, plain vanilla bean. We have a chocolate spiced with cinnamon and chipotle pepper. Oh, and the new pumpkin chocolate chip with nutmeg. And is that only available during Halloween? Well, we'll see. Now, are there some um, kind of kosher rules for making donuts? The one cardinal rule is it has to be fried in shortening. That gives it the nice crust on the outside. We use a 100% organic uh, palm oil shortening. Is it like time to make the donuts? Is that a joke in your house now? It's true. It's true. I what time do you wake up to make the donuts? I get up about 2.30. Wait, is there something about donuts that they need to be made in the middle of the night? Like, why can't you? Because they need to rise. So I get them going right away, and three rises later, they're coming out of the fryer. They have to cool before I can frost them, and then the first batch is cooled about 6.45, so we can open at 7. 
I think we're on to something here, though. The cupcake, part of its popularity comes from the fact that it's pretty easy to make. It's a very quick make. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. So it doesn't require three rising, like all this? No. Right. So if you really appreciate treats and good food and baked goods, then cupcake is just, is just an imposter? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm trying to create like an East Coast, West Coast war between the cupcake and the donut company, and you won't go for it. No. Cupcakes are great. I don't think they're ready, man. It's West Coast, California, where we combat them. Out on the streets, where we go and tell them about a, a real life, real Christ, real flows just to get the whole crowd singing. Wow, Brendan Donuts. Another tough assignment. <laughs> Dude, I'm like the Edward Armero of snacks. Just to get the whole And that's the Dinner Party download for this week. Special thanks to our researcher, Jessica Dial, and to Josh Berman, Delassie Michellis, and the Marketplace crew, Kai, I know your kids don't think you're boring, for helping us set the table. And thanks, as always, to John Raby and Queena Kim. You should check out their show, Off Ramp. Head over to kpcc.org and click on Off Ramp. We leave you, as always, with One for the Road, a song to play on your way to or departing from this weekend's dinner party. Sweden's Tobias Froberg is in the middle of a North American tour right now, so here's a song from him. It's called On God's Highway. Tobias Froberg actually sounds like a dessert. <laughs> Your brain, man. <laughs> well, thank God he's not a cupcake or you'd shoot him in the face. <laughs> bon appetit. This is the time that's been given to me On God's Highway She is good and that's how I want to be On God's Highway I found my love and I lost my friend On God's Highway I fell and fell and I will fall
I'm Rico Galliano. And I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And you know what I heard? Everyone who votes this Tuesday gets a cupcake. Donut! Dude, donut.